0: This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Rebecca Schrader talks about the Eucharist in my life. One Body body Stewarding God's Creation. Rebecca is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on air host, Kelly Roper. One Body Stewarding God's
1: Creation we have Rebecca Schroeder, who is here, and she's going to talk about the Eucharist in my life. So by way of introduction, Rebecca is a senior, and she is a familiar name at Thomas Moore Prep Marion High School, frequently receiving academic honors, such as a commended scholar in the 2023 national merit scholarship program and named to the national honor society she is the oldest of nine children born to gordon and mary schroeder so thank you for being here
2: Oh, it's good to be here.
1: Excellent, excellent. So so let, let's just jump right into this. Um, when and how did you develop a devotion to the Holy Eucharist? You say, the Eucharist in my life. I almost said the
2: Eucharist is my life, right? <laughs> and, and, and that would have been pretty uh-huh.
1: accurate too, right? So, so um, when and how did you develop that devotion to the Holy Eucharist?
2: Um, well, I kind of consider the Eucharist to be uh, one of the most integral and, and like essential parts of my faith life in general. So I'd really say um, from the beginning, of my journey. There was this one point in middle school where I realized that, oh, like this Catholic thing looks really cool, you know, I hear a lot about this, Uh, it's really neat, Uh, I know lots of people who are Catholic and I was like, I'm Catholic too, I should act like it. (laughs) And it was just like this realization I had one day and so that's kinda where I started. I started reading the Gospels and paying more attention in Mass and um, it's really just grown from there. I've um, kind of fallen in love with um, the Catholic faith and specifically the Eucharist. It's just really beautiful. And like, as I've grown and gone through high school and stuff, I've learned that being a broken human is uh, very frustrating. I often disappoint myself and others. Sometimes I have a lack of self-control, ruled, my by, de- ruled by my desires, like, and it's been very, it's very frustrating, but like um, a good revelation, right? I. We want to be able to control things that I don't have to worry about messing up. But with the Eucharist, it doesn't it's not it doesn't matter anymore because Jesus is like my superpower. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and he does. When you come to him and when you surrender to him that control, and I just think that's wonderful, and that's really why I love the Eucharist. If and I know that even though I pray regularly and I go to mass as often as I can, I'm still going to fail sometimes, and that just goes to show that I need to continue to surrender that control and continue to work on letting go of those things that um, don't really matter. And uh, at this specific point in my journey, I'm coming to realize that part of my love for the Eucharist and the faith has been more need-based, like I'm broken and I need Jesus, but I've come to also, in some ways, fall in love with Christ for who he is. He's so kind and he's so wonderful. and It's just so awesome the way he comes to us. And so I'm learning to love him more for who he is and less for who I'm not. One thing that really cemented how important the Eucharist is in my life was uh, during COVID when we couldn't go to Mass. Before then, I'd always thought, well, maybe there was always this doubt in the back of my head, like maybe this peace and this joy that I feel when I receive the Eucharist and when I go to Mass and when I pray is just some sort of. Placebo or some trick that I have convinced myself <laughs> to feel good in this way, but over over the course of the quarantine, there was just this this ache inside of me. I just felt empty. I was literally hungry for the Eucharist, and mm. um, it really just showed me that no, this is something that really matters to me. This does have an impact on my life, and it really it really does matter. And since then, I've really dove in. That hunger just drove me to find new ways to enter more deeply into the sacrament. I started receiving uh, on the tongue while kneeling just to help my physical human self understand the reverence yeah. of the spirituality of it. Uh, I've also started veiling and uh, I didn't <laughs> write down a question but I was gonna talk about that next. I was talk about just the uh, like I guess would be theology behind um veiling and um, how it's affected my life and, and let's let's uh,
1: let's stop for just a minute <laughs> okay. you know and 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 really you know take these one at a time because because I love you know the fact that that you're you know you're sharing that uh, you know you are receiving on the tongue instead of of in the hand and uh, what was the other thing before the veiling there was two things right there and then the veiling maybe oh I um, just receiving kneeling too kneeling kneeling, kneeling Kneeling. Mm-hmm. love that so let, let's take a one at a time. let's go ahead and, and kind of talk about a little bit about you know we'll start with kneeling you know mm-hmm. why why do you choose to kneel what's what's the reason for that when you receive the Blessed Sacrament you choose instead of instead of going forward and standing you choose to kneel
2: I um, feel like it helps like I said um We're physical beings, and so sometimes understanding the significance of spiritual things can be difficult, and so physical signs help us to understand deeper realities. And so kneeling for me, it always puts the host above me, right? I'm in submission to Jesus who is above me, and um, it's just a way that I can honor him when I receive him. So that's why I kneel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, sometimes that can be difficult because I like to wear skirts to mass. And so um, if I'm worried that I'm gonna like trip somebody up, I won't do it because yeah. Jesus knows or like the he, he, he became man, he knows yeah. the physicality. Yeah. He knows how yeah. those things can yeah. be difficult, but yeah. um, I like to do it when I can kneeling to the king too uh-huh. that's, that's yeah. a historical fact right yeah. uh-huh. you know and he
1: is the king he's uh-huh. the the king of of every one of us so yeah. so what a what a beautiful action that is and a, and a great witness Or is it common or is it something that that's unusual
2: i don't really see it a lot um i know one or two people who also will receive kneeling but it's not as common there's nothing wrong with receiving standing either. It's just like I said another way to enter more deeply into the history. Sure, sure. It's
1: your choice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you choose to honor in that way. But but what I was getting at is, you know, our, our topic, our theme is holiness is not for wimps. And it does take <laughs> you know, that's our theme, right? It takes some courage. Uh-huh. It takes some courage to yeah. stand out in the crowd, right? Uh-huh. And to say, you know, this is important to me and, and I think so often when when we have people who stand out like that they get kind of a bad rap, right? You know, like, like uh, you know, holier than thou, right? You know, uh-huh. and, and, and really, you know, when when all you're doing is really what, what God has put on your heart and, and really honoring Him in the way that, that uh, not not to be showing, not to, to mm-hmm. put emphasis on you, but to, to recognize Him as the King.
2: Yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Am, I yeah. On, am I on the... Yeah, that's yeah. definitely one worry that I have, like with receiving the Eucharist in a way that not as many people do. I do sometimes worry that, people will see it as me putting myself higher um, or that it's actually pride in me but whenever those doubts come in I just remind myself of why I'm doing them and then I don't have to worry about it <laughs> right right because you know the, the ultimate person you want to please is God-huh yeah. Yeah. yeah excellent excellent um, so, um, so I uh, sorry uh, I think that one thing to no- note is uh, the idea of it's just that reverence right and so that, um, honoring God and um, our hands. Um, our hands are dirty. We use them for work, and so it's a way of honoring God by saying, "Well, you, I don't. I don't even deserve to hold you in my hands. Mm. Like these are the hands that um, sin. They are hands that do good too. So I have um, heard." Uh, lots of uh, like reasons behind the hands as well. Like um, some people say, oh, it's like you're making a throne for God with your hands. But personally, I've always found that I prefer the receiving on the tongue, just the honor, like I don't even just, I'm not worthy of even touching you. And just being able to receive you uh, is enough for me. Like I'm grateful for this gift. Um, so yeah.
1: Mm, beautiful, you know, and I think there's also the, the issue, you know, when we receive on our hands there's always, you know, little yeah. particles that, that can oh, yeah, remain that mm-hmm. in our hand on our hand, and yeah. you know, we see the priest, you know, at the end, you know, washing his mm-hmm. his hands and taking great care to wash out the chalice, and the, mm-hmm. you know, then you know, we have the the special sink where where um you know the the chalice is washed so that yeah. it goes mm-hmm. back to the earth, and and so we take great care, but yet we put it, you know, uh-huh. in our hands, and and I I think that's a difficulty too.
2: Yeah, and I've also heard from I think one or two priests that more hosts get dropped if you receive in the hand than on the tongue because the priests are very good at what they do. They do it every day, right? And so they're um, much more practiced at making sure the host doesn't um, fall. And so uh, that's another way too. yeah. Yeah, but there there is
1: the you know the the human element you know of we we move one way or the other oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. so much with the tongue where you know they touch the tongue it kind of you know stays it there sticks, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not to be disrespectful that's not certainly yeah. certainly not my goal but but mm-hmm. I I think but, you're right I think there is you know less kind chance of a
2: practicality to yeah. it yeah
1: also you were going to talk about veiling mm-hmm. that was yes. the third
2: the third thing that you brought up so let's talk about that so um, I noticed I first noticed um, ladies veiling in uh, the choir at St. Joe's and uh, so I asked them about it and because I was excited about diving into new ways to uh, honor the Eucharist and really enter into this mystery, right? And so some of the, uh, I guess the tradition or the background for um, veiling, uh, so women were taken from the side of man, right? From mm-hmm. one of his ribs yeah. uh, close to his heart um, but since then, women has a desire we have a desire to be rejoined go back to the heart and of the new Adam, Jesus, right? And so um, what happens on the cross? Well, Jesus' heart is pierced. There's an opening. He's made a way for us to be able to come under his arm and rest near his heart again. And Mm. so um, the veil is kind of like um, uh, a symbolism of coming under the arm of God to Mm. rest by his heart. Another, uh, Another way of thinking about it, uh, what do we veil? We veil the sacred things, like we veil the chalice, which holds the Lord's blood. Um, we veil, um, in some churches you'll see tabernacles that are veiled, or um, the or priests will use uh, veils on, like, when they have the stack with the chalice and the paten. There should really be a name for that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> when it's all stacked up and they have a veil for that, too. We veil things that are sacred, and we veil things and what makes them sacred is the, the life that comes through them, right? And women have the unique role of sharing in this act of creation, this life, by literally being life bears. And so, in a sense that um, sets us apart, it makes us sacred as well, and so that's kind of a symbolism for veiling. Um, but then you'd be like, well, you don't have to be in a church to bear, like, (laughs) so why don't you veil all the time? And it's again, coming back to that, our sacredness comes from Jesus's sacredness. And so he's the source of, God is the source of life first. And so we veil when we're near him. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I don't want people to think that it's just women that are special. Men of course have a special role too, but uh, women represent more of the bride and men are called to represent Christ and so it's just kind of a different dynamic for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the details, I haven't really looked into it, because I'm, <laughs> but it's, um, there's meaning behind that too, like when the bishop takes off his hat for uh, consecration, for example, there's symbolism behind that too. Um, uh, for more practical reasons, or well, I guess for another reason, some more simple reasons. Uh, it kind of is also a sign of modesty, like a covering of, oh, I'm Christ's. Also, one other lady I asked was like, well, I veil because Mary veils, and so it's kind of a way also of growing closer to Mary, our mother. One thing that I found uh, practically for me that's very helpful is um, the veil helps me get in the right mindset. It keeps me focused. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm wearing a veil, I'm thinking about Mass. I'm thinking about the beauty of it. Um, it also helps me to feel like more secure, I guess, if that makes sense. So like when I'm crying in mass, I can be like, oh, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... You, you all couldn't see that action, but, <laughs> but she's kind of hiding under her veil when, um... she, when she speaks that. So um, it's just really nice thing to do. And then like, you know, there's different people's... I've read different things. Uh, I don't have a specific source, but people will say, you know, you need to create a prayer space that has this right atmosphere that you're looking for. And um, so by uh, going to the same place you create this attitude of prayer that just happens when you go to that place. And so a veil, by wearing it whenever you're around the Blessed Sacrament, it helps you develop this attitude of prayer when um, you're in church. One awkward situation that I found though with veiling, at school we'll often have mass in the auditorium um, and there's not a tabernacle in there. So I'm like, well, Jesus isn't here yet. Do I veil for the mass? Or do I wait till consecration? But I don't have to be messing with my veil (laughs) during consecration. So I, uh, what I'll do usually is I'll just wear it for the entirety of mass because I figure I'm also awaiting his coming. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's been a really cool way to just help me to focus in and um, uh, recognize the reverence and the solemnity of it. Um, So yeah, yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And and again, we go back to you know what we were talking about earlier is you know. That that you're doing this as a as a personal preference because it brings you closer to Christ and keeps you more focused. Mm-hmm. I think was was your word and and you know sure you know mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's people out there that are that are you know you know thinking holier than thou like we talked about with the the kneeling mm-hmm. um,
2: but you know you do it for God you don't do it yeah. for them right yeah if, and I mean if they're not going to come up to me and talk to me about it then I'm like. What am I gonna be able to do about it? Like, this is how I'm choosing to reverence God. And um, if someone else has a problem with that, I would be happy to talk to them about it. But if they're not, so that's how I just let it go. Um, This is about focusing on God and that's enough. Excellent, love it, love it. We need to take a short break right now,
0: but stay tuned to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. We'll be right back with more about the Eucharist in my life with Rebecca Schrader. One body, one body, one body stewarding God's creation. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. The Eucharist in my life one body, in God's with Rebecca Schrader, one body, one body. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. One body, in God's so let's go a little bit further. So I think we covered
1: all the things that, that you had mentioned there. So, um, it's it said that the angels are jealous that we receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So
2: so talk a little bit about that to me. Okay, so who would think that seems odd, right? Because angels are in the presence of God, worshiping for all of eternity, right? And being able to spend eternity praising God and is literally heaven. Like, that's literally one of the best things ever. But at the end of the day, nothing can compare to the very person of Jesus coming to reside in the core of your being. Um, We have something better than the angels because God is inside of us. Um, So while we may not be able to be in heaven while we're on earth, it's like heaven comes down to us to reside in us. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So in your opinion, why has the bishops
1: declared a Eucharist revival and and how can that actually be proclaimed within our catholic church so you know before we we talk about that some people may not know about the eucharistic revival so can you talk to us just a little bit about the eucharist revival and and then we'll go into that 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 question
2: um sure so i think it's just like um trying to respark like passion for the Eucharist and spread awareness of what the Eucharist actually is because a lot of people don't realize what the church teaches on this or don't or choose not to believe it themselves. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Okay. All right. And and so let's go ahead and talk about how um okay, so so you basically did that. So the the revival is very important
2: and and how can that revival be proclaimed within our Catholic Church? Okay, so the Eucharist is obviously the source and summit of our faith. Without that, it lacks a lot of meaning. So I think that the reason why, I think the Eucharistic revival is a response to, like, people leaving the Catholic faith or numbers dropping, because the thing is, what really sets us apart from other Christian denominations is our teaching on the Eucharist. That's like the main thing Like we have other things like the saints and stuff, but the Eucharist is the biggest issue. And so I think it's important for people to understand. I think that's why it's the Eucharistic revival, because it's important for people to understand what it means, because it's like if it's just a symbol, where's the fulfillment in that? It makes God even more distant. He's just given us a symbol, like we already have symbols He's given us. This is just another thing. It's um, I've thought about this before. I've thought about, okay, what if I was Protestant? Would I still live my faith the same way? And I've never been Protestant, so I can't say, but <laughs> I would think there would be little reason for me to go to church every Sunday because I would be going there to read Scripture, like discuss Scripture, and sharing community, which is something that I don't have to go to a church to do. I can do that at home. I can do that with my family. So why would I need to go to a church on Sunday? The Eucharist, though, as it is taught by the church, shows a loving God who is willing to go to extreme measures to reach us. Every Mass is a miracle because God makes himself fully present to us. That's why it's worth going to church every Sunday, or even during the week, too. Like, (laughs) I would go every day if if I, being a student wasn't so time consuming <laughs> it's it's so beautiful and amazing that God comes to us in this way in this He who is so high above all other things, he's above the angels, he's above everything, he's so much more powerful and so much more awesome and yet he comes down to earth to take on the shape of bread and wine and that is truly wonderful and so the Eucharist that's why the Eucharist is gonna be what really brings the church back together. As for how to go about reviving this understanding of the Eucharist, I think just providing more opportunities for witness and for learning. Because like I said, a lot of people just don't know this is what the church teaches. I Googled um, some statistics and according to Pew Research dot is that dot or I think it's dot org, forty-three percent of Catholics believe the Church teaches that the Eucharist is a symbol. They and then seventy percent personally say it's just a symbol, but there's forty three that also think that's what the Church teaches. So um, even just like just raising awareness of this um, is really important. And um, so yeah, that's what I have. All right, excellent. You know, and and you know, we we talk often,
1: you know, about the about the importance of the Eucharist and. And, uh, you know, Father, Father Nick Parker, this one really was Father Nick Parker, talked about the liturgy of bread and circuses and, and then the the, the, true, the true liturgy and what does it look like. And, you know, he talked about how, you know, when we go, we are giving. We're, the emphasis on is on give, not get, and, mm-hmm. and to, to really, you know, recognize the, the true gift that we have. In, in our Catholic faith, in the Blessed Sacrament, and and you know, you you make a good point that you know, there's you know, we can do all of the things that the Protestant churches are doing. Mm-hmm. We can do at home. Um, that's a really good point. You know, the other point is that. This is what Jesus told us to do. Mm-hmm. If you read the, the bread of life discourse, yeah. John mm-hmm. six, you know, you can see he says, you must eat my flesh. You must drink my blood. And people start walking away. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, oh, no, no. I was Come just back. kidding. Just you know, simple, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just being metaphorical. Nothing like that. You know, mm-hmm. he lets him go. And, and, you know, it's at John six, 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 John chapter six, verse sixty six is where they walk away. And there are no other chapters that have six chapters and 66 verses. And, you know, I just, I found that just, just. Very, we know there's no coincidences, right, mm-hmm. with God. You yeah, know, God, God can make a mm-hmm. strong statement. And, and it could be just simply that way. Now, I don't know how the numbering and everything happened, you know, with the Bible <laughs> yeah. and, and all of that. But but I got to believe that, that there is a message for mm-hmm. for all of us, you know, that, that that is exactly where they walked away. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, who can believe this? And, you know, then, of course, they turn to Peter, who ends up being, you know, the head of the church, the first pope, all of that kind of thing. But Jesus is the one who gave us the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. He's the one that said we yeah. need to do that, or we mm-hmm. do not have life within us. It's and not
2: like we're just pulling this out of our hat, like right, right. <laughs> uh-huh. You know,
1: and, and so you know, yes, you know, we've had you know the Reformation and all the things that come after that, and now we have you know thousands of denominations Mm -hmm. you know out there Um, and you know unfortunately you know Christ founded a church and and, or fortunately Christ Mm -hmm. founded a church and yet unfortunately you know we have man making many many divisions Mm -hmm. and and so we're grateful we're grateful to have that in the Catholic Church and let's see so so
2: how are the sacraments of
1: confession and Eucharist tied together
2: well, I think the sacrament, sacraments of confession and the Eucharist um, really go hand in hand. They do very similar things for us, right? So confession frees us from the crushing weight of sin, and then the Eucharist fills us with Jesus and sustains us. And so um, by regularly emptying ourselves of the sin that's filled us, we can make more room to receive Jesus who will help to heal us. It's also interesting, there are two sacraments that you can receive um, regularly. I mean, most of them you can only receive once. Anointing of the sick, I believe you can receive it more times, but it's not really a regular, shouldn't be, hopefully isn't a regular thing. Yeah. That's another thing that sets them apart. And then also they're both, a lot of the sacraments are more directly correlated to the spirit, right? The spirit comes down at baptism, at confirmation, holy orders, matrimony, but confession and the Eucharist are more focused on Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. So the priest is able to forgive your sins, in Persona Christi, and just like how the priest is able to consecrate the host um, in Persona Christi during the Mass. It's, it's interesting. It's like the baptism and confirmation and holy orders and matrimony are like uh, level ups, and then communion and confession are like uh, healing potions or... Uh, like, boosts. That's how I like to think about it. And, um. What was the first one? Level ups? Level ups, yeah. Level so, ups. like, you, you, um, And then, like, Holy Orders of Matrimony would be when you reach the top. Uh, I don't know if you play video games, but if you reach the top of your character tree and you, uh, pick, okay. uh, your, uh, like, uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, specialization. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but then the so Ucr- you're comparing for a video game. You're giving yeah, that mm-hmm. analogy. I just don't get it because I don't play video games. So, but like the Eucharist uh, and um, confession are the ones that sustain us and um, carry us as we're going along the faith journey. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, and and the other thing that that I think maybe. Some of our listeners don't know. You know, confession is is you know forgiveness of sins and mm-hmm. and you know whether they be venial or mortal. You know the forgiveness oh, yeah. mm-hmm. of sins, the the Eucharist. Talk,
2: you, yeah, you're can, saying uh, yeah. So go I ahead talk I to that us on about a it. Different page, okay. but yeah. Um, if you receive um, communion, it also has a forgiving aspect. So receiving communion um, will forgive your your uh, venial sins, not mortal sins. Yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> receive if you have more. No, you sin shouldn't receive if mortal sins. But yeah. um, so. Uh, but you're still advised to go to confession, even if you have received the Eucharist, yes. just to help develop your conscience and help you to be aware of the sins in your life. But yeah, that's also true. They're um, connected in that way, in that they actually literally do the same thing in some cases.
1: Yeah, so. yeah,
2: excellent. And and you're right. You know, still go to confession. And you know, I haven't I
1: haven't taken the challenge yet. But but I know many people go once a week. And and I think you know how how beautiful that is to really keep mm-hmm. keep you know. Uh, our our sins you know in the forefront of our mind I, I suppose some people even go every day I don't know but I think I heard that that um, John St. John Paul the Great went every day I that's don't know if I've that's heard. correct yeah. but but uh, you know it, it really helps to keep our sins in the forefront mm-hmm. you know if you go once a year there is absolutely no way you're gonna Get gonna remember bit. anything mm-hmm. and, and actually verbalizing them and thinking it through and verbalizing them really helps you I think yeah to to keep from from doing mm-hmm. it next it makes time. them
2: real like I said um sometimes as physical beings we have trouble understanding the spiritual realities and so the act of saying your sins to somebody else and hearing the words of absolution kind of really cements it in your mind. That's actually another reason why I like the Catholic faith as compared to um, like a Protestant faith. Uh, I like the sacrament of confession in that it removes all doubt that you are forgiven. Yeah, So excellent, excellent. Okay, so again,
1: we are talking with Rebecca Schrader, um, talking about the Eucharist in my life, and uh, what a joy it is to have such a young person who is, is so... Faithful, you know, we're we're seeing just this um, bombardment on our our youth. You know, so much confusion, so much people, so many young people leaving the church, and and uh, to to really see you being courageous in in your faith, you know, what a blessing. And uh, the Eucharist in my life. I asked you about your brothers and sisters. So
2: so, how do you teach them? So um, I uh, look to the example my parents set for me. Um, my mom. Uh, I was homeschooled up until high school, and so uh, I've seen—my mom has been a constant witness in my life um, of a good Catholic person. Her devotion, her constant striving to grow in holiness um, is just awesome and really inspiring, And I think that she um, really helped me to fall in love with my faith just by her example, her eagerness to share, and her dedication. And so when I um, interact with my siblings, I just try and also be the kind of witness my mom was for me. So I won't hide my prayer life with my siblings, like, oh, can't play right now, I missed my prayer time this morning, <laughs> I'll invite them to pray with me, um, I'll answer their questions. Um, they love asking me questions and I love to like wonder with them on all these different thoughts, Like. Uh, we talked about like purgatory before or like, um, or they'll ask me questions like last night. Uh, my sister's like, you know, Paul is really, really annoying. And I'm like, yeah, but when you wake up in the morning, he's still your friend. And that's what that's what makes a family is you yeah. still love him, even though he's annoying and um, just conversations like that. And so I think that's um, just being a witness is what's important with relating with anybody. It doesn't even have to be family members, but just showing them what how my faith life is. Um, can help inspire them excellent well I, ha- I hate to say it but but we've
1: we've chatted um, our full hour and uh, what a beautiful amount of information that you've been able to to share with our listeners and I really commend you I commend your parents um, for for the the good job that they are doing with you and, and for your response to the Blessed Sacrament I hope you'll come back again because it was really great, and we didn't make it through all the questions, partly because I talked too much. So um, it
0: truly is a, a beautiful subject, and, and thank you, thank you, thank you for for sharing with us. Thanks for tuning into One Body, stewarding God's creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this one body show please know your underwriting will run 3 times during the show which runs 5 times per week on all 5 stations reaching along i70 from junction city to the colorado border the cost is a mere 250 per month interested give us a call 785 621 You're listening to the Network of Stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. One body, God's creation.